Sometimes other people irritate me. Sometimes I irritate myself. And sometimes I irritate myself when I'm irritating other people. You know what I mean? A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. Sometimes people irritate me. Like when I'm in line at a fast food restaurant, a really long line, and I finally make it to be the second person in line, I'm so close. I can overhear the conversation in front of me. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you today? And the person who's been waiting as long as I have, likely even a few seconds longer, says, hmm, what do I feel like? What? What do you mean? What did you feel like? You should feel like ordering. You should feel hungry. You should feel like saying something and saying it quickly. You should feel embarrassed that you waited in line this long and you hadn't figured it out yet. Or sometimes I'm irritated by people who dig and dig and dig and dig for the exact change to give the cashier. I know I have a penny here somewhere. Just wait. Wait, maybe it fell out into the bottom of my purse. Or the person who hears something costs $12.42 and they're like, just a second, let me give you something different. And they give $17.57, bringing their change to an even $5.15. I'm irritated with that because it takes too long. And secondly, I think I might just be a little envious of people who can do such great math on the fly. Every once in a while, I'll try it out. Someone gives me a total. I look behind me to make sure I'm not going to slow up a line. Yes, I do. I hear it, I dig in my purse, I hand a little bit of change, slide some change over across the counter, and the person looks back and slides it right back and says, this really won't help anyone. I sheepishly take my change back and decide I'm not going to do that again until I do. Full disclosure, I actually had a friend help me with this little math problem in my example. I was writing this at a coffee shop and she was there and she helped me figure out that math. I'm also irritated really irritated when people say the word literally out of context. I am sure many of you would agree with me on that. I literally spent our last dollar on that because I wanted it so bad. Really? Huh. I suppose you'll be asking to borrow money from me then as soon as you order your coffee. Or, I literally would die if that TV show got canceled. I love it so much. Actually, you literally would not. You figuratively might try that. I would figuratively die if that TV show got canceled. Or, my favorite, that literally blew my mind. I can get irritated just thinking about these statements when literally is used incorrectly. Literally used incorrectly affirms false statements. Literally means actually, without exaggeration. Like it 100% happened exactly as I just said. Like I literally got a horrible haircut from a barber once with a smoker's cloth. Or I literally asked a stranger for some of his candy. I did not, nor did you, literally laugh your head off. Okay, I'm not saying I'm right to be irritated in these settings, by the way. I recognize it shows I am impatient and maybe even more than a little bit rude. I'm just saying it happens. And I'm also saying that I am not immune to being the irritant. I can irritate myself. Why don't I just put my keys in the same place every time? 
If I could have the time back that I've spent rummaging through my purse and running through my home looking for them, I could literally add two years to my life. Just kidding. Just checking to see if you're listening. I irritate myself for putting my phone down in random places when I have just finished telling myself, if you're done using your phone, put it in your pocket or your purse, then you won't lose it. Oh my goodness. Yesterday I was at the mall with my husband. We had just finished lunch with a bunch of our kids and we had decided to do a little bit of shopping before we were going to head back home. And I went into one of the bathrooms. This mall, it's been recently renovated. Instead of having like a couple bathrooms with multiple, multiple stalls, they've added more locations for bathrooms, but each one is just individual bathrooms. It's like labeled family restroom. So fair game, no matter who you are, which is great because that has helped me avoid situations like one time when I walked out of a men's bathroom, ran literally into a man who was waiting in line and he looks at me and he says, right, don't you wish all bathrooms were unisex? I was like, what? I had chosen this bathroom. I was at an Italian restaurant. I had chosen this bathroom because I thought it said women. The woman for it in Italian was O-U-M-I-N-I. Looks to me like womeny. And the women's was D-O-N-N-E. Looks like Don. I just had to go quickly, so I ran into this womeny bathroom, which meant men. I looked at him. I nodded. I smiled. I looked back at the words, then at the pictures, and realized, yes, I had gone into the wrong one. I also barged once <laughs> into an individual bathroom at a subway. I opened the door. I was going to just wash my hands before I ate with a friend. I opened the door quick, um, unlocked it, or I mean, opened it with my hand, and then pushed it open with my left hip and just started washing my hands, and then felt someone's presence. Looked to my left and saw a man standing there using the facilities. I shut the water off, turned around like, oh, sorry. And I went and just sat down and dug around for my hand sanitizer. Um, I'm not sure why I got on, on the bathroom stories. And look at my, oh, they're not real close to my point, but here, this one is. Okay, so yesterday I was at the mall, right? And I walk into one of these bathrooms that anyone can go in. And I walked out. The high school kid who was next in line, he started walking in. He looked at his friend for an instance and said something that reminded me, oh, I got to text that person, which then made me reach for my phone, which reminded me that I left my phone on the shelf in the bathroom. So I turned quickly, and fortunately, the door hadn't quite shut yet. So I stopped it with my right foot, opened it the rest of the way and said, sorry, I think I left my phone in here, grabbed it, caught the eyes of the guy, just kind of staring and shaking his head and walked out the door. I looked at my husband and said, whoa, that was close. That would have been so irritating if I hadn't remember where I left my phone. Not even thinking about what I had just done. At any rate, you get the picture. I can irritate myself. I irritate myself the most, however, when I find myself irritating other people. Like also yesterday, I saw an hour late that I had missed a call from one of my daughters-in-law. Oh, I felt so badly, and I called her back as soon as I saw it. She couldn't answer at that time, so then I texted her and said, I'm so sorry I missed your call, sad face. She responded with a smile, and, uh, oh, no problem. I was returning a missed call from you. Must have been a butt dial. Ugh, I replied, oh my goodness, I'm so irritating. I was hoping kind of that recognizing and identifying when you're irritating, it might alleviate the irritation level. I am sure the times I recognize I'm irritating, though, are few and far between the times I don't even know it, which at this time might be a good time for testimonials. But instead, 
I've chosen to tell you about when I was at a coffee shop one day working on an upcoming message. I had purchased a new set of earbuds on my way there, as I had, of course, misplaced the pair I'd had. I opened them up, which that's irritating. Just side note, all the plastic they're in, and there's not like a good open tab. And so you're just like uh, just grabbing at them, crunching it, trying to get them opened. So I opened them up. I turned my computer on. I organized my books, my Bible, my papers. I went up to buy my drink. I came back, sat down, plugged in my earbuds, and went to my playlist. At this time, I wanted to listen to a song called Rumpus, which is on the Where the Wild Things Are soundtrack. It was a movie that I enjoyed, as did one of my sons, who was getting married in the near future. And I was listening to it because the lyrics would have been kind of fun at a reception. The song starts with a little dialogue that says, And you will be a truly great king. I thought, oh, that's so cute because they're getting married and she's going to be a king. now. I like that. You'll be a truly great king. And then the lyrics go on. Oh, it looks good on him. Oh, just put a crown on him. He looks great. Hey, king, you look perfect. He looks perfect. Fresh king. Hey, king, what's your first order of business? And then it says, let the wild rumpus start. And it's this music. And they're like, perfect dancer. And I thought, oh, that would be a fun way to start a reception. But I wish it said she will be a truly great king. But I can see why not. And I couldn't tell exactly what it was saying, though, so I wanted to go back and listen further, but I thought I'll just let it play out. I was irritated then at buying such cheap earbuds, but because I lose them so often, I thought, I can't really spend any more than like four ninety nine or whatever I just spent. Then I thought, what's the point if they don't even work? I turned the volume up to the highest level in order to make out the new words. The song finished, all two minutes and 43 seconds of it, and then the reprise of the song began. About 45 seconds into that, a strange man, strange because I didn't know him, not because of his appearance or his character or anything. So a strange man comes, he taps me on the shoulder. I look up at him and as my gaze went from my computer up and over my right shoulder, I was also able to kind of scan the coffee shop. But I saw everyone in the shop was looking at this man. They seemed like they were looking at him admiringly. They had smiles on their faces and sparkles in their eyes. I wondered who he was. I wondered if I knew him from somewhere. I wonder if I was supposed to recognize him. Before I could figure it out, he said, <clears throat> excuse me. I responded with a, what? Because I had my earbuds in, right? He said, could you please turn your music down? I was like, are you kidding me? I can't even hear it. And as I took my earbuds out for further conversation, I heard it. I heard it loud and clear. The rumpus was blaring over my computer. You see, I plugged in my earbuds, but hadn't quite put the plug in quite far enough. I hadn't inserted the cord far enough, and I realized now this has gone on for over three minutes. I now realized why everybody was admiring this man who finally got up to say something to the irritating woman by the windows. I now realized that I was listening to a children's soundtrack, and not only to this song, but was listening to it again. I now realized that, huh, I can kind of recognize how these people might feel about me. I recognize how I might feel if I was one of those two women sitting close by trying to have coffee. Oh my gosh, I looked at everyone, slowly scanning the crowd yet again, and I whispered, I am so sorry, thinking that by now being quiet, it might alleviate all the loud before. Then I realized, nope, that's not good enough. My apology needs to match my crime, so I said it louder, I am so sorry. I don't like irritating people. Most people don't, I don't think. I mean, there's some, little pot stirs the drama creators, whatever, but most people know. Most people, if you ask them about character qualities they'd like to develop, most people wouldn't say, I wish I could irritate more people. 
So what do we do about this? Here's what I've decided for myself. I'm trying to ask myself more often, how might I be an irritation in this conversation, situation, relationship, whatever? And then when I can name it, I stop and think, is this something I need to repent from? Like a sin? Could it be a deed of the flesh? Galatians 5, 19 to 21 lists a bunch of those. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Now, I might look at this list and say, yeah, no, not generally. Not generally is this my thing. And the writer of Galatians, Paul, says later, he says, I warn you as I warned you before, those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does this mean? It means if we live in these ways... And we can look back and we might be able to identify one or two that have entered into our lives. If we live in these ways, we might be an irritation at best. And at worst, we might be doing damage to the kingdom of God. If we do, let's identify it. And for the sake of others, with the power of God, repent and change. But that's not the only list we hold up against ourselves. Because we could look at that and say, oh yeah, nope, I'm pretty good there. Instead, we need to hold up another list that we've talked about before. It's a list that follows immediately after these verses in Galatians. It's the list of the fruit of the Spirit, which says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So as we hold up a list and say, oh, I shouldn't be doing any of these, or I might be in irritation, we also hold up this list and say, I need to be doing these. And if I'm not, I might find myself irritating other people. For example, if we lack patience or self-control, we might find ourselves easily bugged or annoyed by others. If we lack gentleness, we might find ourselves irritating other people, bugging them, annoying them. If we lack kindness, well, that's just bad. (laughs) In all these cases, we can ask God to grow these more in us. We can ask him to weed away anything that needs to go in order for these character qualities to be seen more fully. This process is a process of living our lives focused less on ourselves and more on the good of others. This process of living a life that irritates others less and is patient in the presence of irritation is an ongoing one. It's an ongoing process. Nobody ever says, okay, I'm done being irritated by all things and all people. Being irritated is just a part of life. But how we deal with it, for example, being irritated less and being patient more, being patient even in times of affliction, How we deal with it is yet one more opportunity for us to be strengthened and to endure with the power of God that is at work within us. As we do, we highlight the glory of God. Colossians 1.11, and I want to leave you with this, says, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. I don't know what the rest of this month holds for you. It's Christmas season as I'm writing this, and I know there's lots of shopping, lots of hustling around in in stores and trying to figure stuff out. I don't know what that holds. I don't know what it holds for you as you go and visit with family and spend time together in close quarters. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I do know this, that God is able to help you be more patient, to help strengthen you with his power for his glory. He can give you the endurance. He can give you patience with great joy. 
That is my prayer for you.